Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tuesday Night Jaw. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to this week's edition of Tuesday Night Hello, Bab. How's it going? Welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw. How are you doing? Oh, I wish you could answer me when I ask you things like that. It's really tricksy, isn't it? I've been honestly missing hanging out with people and talking about wrestling and watching it together so much that it's quite hard now just sitting talking about it to a microphone and not being able to have my pals here. That's something that I do hope that as time goes on and the world opens up a little bit more, I can have my pals here to chat through wrestling with me. I know that a few of you have said that you really miss the old round tables from Tuesday Night Jaw, so, you know, that's that's definitely something to consider, isn't it? Definitely something to think about going forward. But how's your week been? Mine has been good. Thank you for asking. Microphone. <laughs> I did have to have a COVID test this morning, though. Um... A nurse shoved a cotton bud so far up my nose. I've I've just never had anyone that deep inside my nostril before. She was flipping, wiggling around up there and everything. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. The moments leading up to it were obviously more horrific than the thing itself, which is often the case. But yeah, I had to have that bloody coronavirus test and... Yeah, honestly, I haven't had a chance to watch much wrestling this week, which has been depressing. I I don't know if you feel like that. There's so much to watch. There's so many hours to catch up on with things that some weeks I just feel a little bit overwhelmed by it. So I have to do it in increments. So I'll be spending some time, hopefully, over the next week or so, catching up on some bits and bobs. But today's episode, I have got another guest for you. I know that I said that the format wasn't always going to be the same and it's not, I promise. I've only got one proper guest for you today. It's not a championship holder, but it is an amazing, inspirational person. It's Vader Scott. Vader Scott. I don't know if you've been watching AEW recently, but Vader's been doing the commentary for the Women's Tag Team Cup tournament. She's been super inspiring. She's held her own sitting next to people like Tony Schiavone. That's how you say it, isn't it? Tony Schiavone. 
Tony Schiavone and Taz. She's been sitting there doing the damn thing and it's been wicked considering her background, as you'll find out when we get into the interview, is in ring stuff. She's a she's a wrestler, she's an independent wrestler. And why I wanted to get her on the podcast was this time last year, I think it was roughly, she put a tweet out into the universe and she said, next year I want to commentate on TV. And I thought, that's so bold because... If that doesn't come off, you know, like any goal that you set, it can be heartbreaking if you don't meet it. And I just think that when people say, this is what I want, when they speak it out in public, particularly in front of hundreds or thousands of people that follow you on social media, it's just next level bravery, I think, in terms of, you know, your self-esteem and things. I just think it's really brave. And Vader put that out into the universe, and I've followed her career for the last five years, so I've been following her seeing what she's been doing she's been over to the UK a few times again we'll discuss that a little bit in detail but the bravery I thought you know I was really inspired by it and when it came off it was even bigger celebration I would have celebrated it anyway because I want her to do good things but it was an even bigger celebration because I was like wow you said that's what you wanted and you achieved it. What an amazing thing. So I won't keep you too much blathering on about the interview. You can just listen to the interview now. But in the meantime, can I ask, get your notepad up on your phone, get a pen and paper. This isn't to write your goals, though you are obviously welcome to do that at any time. But after my interview with Vader, I'm going to launch my inaugural wrestling quiz, Big Pop Master. Bit more about that afterwards. But for now, it's Vader time. Let's go. Tuesday night, sure. Okay, Vader Scott, thanks for joining us on Tuesday Night Jewel. How's it going? Good, good. Hello. Hi. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you. Now, first of all, I wanted to say congratulations on that ace job you did calling all the action for the AEW Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament. How's that been for you? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. So cool. Like, what a cool project. Um, So, for me, as someone who's been an independent wrestler for I sent most most of my career mm. um there was like a little blip in there where I where I wasn't quite um but as someone who's been an independent wrestler for for so long um the chance to do this with so many people that I've also worked alongside for this whole time mm. that was super cool and to get like so much exposure for some people that I think were so deserving of it but maybe like hadn't quite got gotten the audience um I mean it's gotten so some of those episodes have 500,000 views on YouTube. They continue to be shared. It's just a really, really cool platform. Incredible. It's it's wonderful. It must have also been, from a personal perspective, awesome calling matches alongside people like Taz and Tony Schiavone. What was that like? Oh, my God, it was so cool. So for me, like, I, I've had so many amazing colleagues as I've gone through my growth as a commentator um I obviously I didn't get into wrestling to be a broadcaster or an announcer at all mm-hmm. um I got I got into it as a wrestler um and then pretty immediately wanted to start do more doing more and more announcing so along the way a lot of that's just been me like putting on the headset for a mat a match here and there or like asking if I can maybe call a match on this show or like hey, after I wrestle, is, is, would it be okay for me to maybe like hop in the booth for a little while? So I've had the opportunity to call matches with so many incredible people that's helped me out so much. But then uh, to get to AEW and get the chance of, for, like you said, work with Tony Schiavone, like that in a million years is not something I ever thought would happen. <laughs> 
it was wicked because I, I watched it and you kept your call throughout but I was thinking this must be a dream because I was super inspired by your story because I remember not that long ago that you were putting out into the universe that you were hoping to do more commentary and that you wanted to diversify your skills now putting yourself out there like bearing your dreams it puts you in a quite a vulnerable position generally doesn't it because it means that if you don't achieve them you it's it's like twice as bad it's public yeah exactly. and, and then there was like a pandemic and i was like well i don't know that i'm gonna do anything this year <laughs> let alone like i i'm not i would say i'm not the most concrete goal oriented person i have like more generalized goals in terms of like my moods and how i'm feeling and my job satisfaction and that sort of thing and that's that's what i think is healthy for me mm. so i don't usually have a concrete end point or a concrete goal and this time I, I kind of did like it's still more vague than like I want to do this one specific thing on this one specific day but I did I kind of like I tweeted it actually which is the most realistic thing you can do <laughs> but I, I tweeted that I, I wanted to do more and more announcing and I wanted to do commentary on tv this year and it was like a goal that I had like some steps in mind to achieve but nothing like too concrete and then there was a pandemic and like none of that mattered anymore. No. Like nothing I intended to do seemed like it would happen or matter or anything. Mm. So yes, this was all like um, very unexpected and sudden. Because why a lot of wrestlers will just do their stuff in their match and then leave. What is it that makes you go and ask those, can I be in the booth? Can I call this match? What? Why did you want to expand your experience within wrestling outside of the ring? So it's super selfish. But my favorite thing in pro wrestling for, for me personally is um, it comes to like figuring out like what we're going to do for our match and the stories we want to tell and like how what I do can really mesh with what my opponent does and like what we can do that's cool and different and the create the creative aspects of it. It's the athletic parts of it. Um, I, I don't think they don't come as easily to me and it's something I work on, but I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not a gymnast. I'm not a, a super athlete. I'm just not. And that part of it is not as fun for me as, as the storytelling um, and just like the performance aspect of it. So very selfishly, when it's my match, I only get to tell my story. But if I'm calling a show, I get to have a little part in everybody's story. And I love to just have the opportunity to sort of be creative with so many people because to me, announcing isn't just saying what I see. It's trying to interpret the actions that, that the wrestlers are doing in the ring. And I know for me, when I'm in the ring, it's important to me that the commentary tries to do their best to, to work with me and to just amplify the story I'm trying to tell. Mm -hmm. So again, from a completely selfish perspective, the fact that I get to be like part of so much more, that's fun for me that I get to tell so many more stories. That's fun for me. And I don't, I'm not, I don't do anything that isn't fun for mm -hmm. me right now in my life. That's good to know because I know that, you know, people don't look at commentary like that necessarily. Like a lot of fans take it for granted, don't they? That, that, that part of it, that storytelling part of it, because there is that difference between saying what you see and then, you know, telling the wider story. And I think it's really cool that you, you're you even that way orientated, that way oriented, you know what I mean? The way that your yeah. brain works. I think, that's, I think that's a really cool thing. Well, and I, I think, I mean, I'm not on this level myself as an announcer but I think when you're talking about like really excellent 
announcers and excellent commentators, they they've add they add so much to a match. And I think that's if we're talking goal oriented things, like that's what I want to be. I want to be I want my voice to not in any way like take over the match, but I think that that the fact that there's this story sort of backing it up and that someone is narrating the story is important mm-hmm. and, and not fighting against what's happening in the ring because I, you, you obviously you watch tons of wrestling and you can tell when the announcers are sort of like fighting what's going on in the ring or they're not contributing to it or they're taking away from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, I, I guess I want to kind of work against that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like I said, as a wrestler, like I, it, it matters to me a lot that the commentary is good um, because I'm someone who has wrestled and then watched the match back and the announcing's been just unusable, mm-hmm. like sexist or gross or, or, or not paying attention to the match at all or disrespectful or, or just, or just not good. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and it's frustrating and it's disappointing and you don't want to be, I don't want to ever be that person who, when someone goes back to watch their match, they're like, Oh, well. I wish that I could show this footage to someone, but I can't because the announcing was shit. <laughs> yeah, that like, was terrible. That, that's important to me, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like I don't like to say that something's bad if I'm not going to do anything about it. So I guess part of it is me just trying to, like, improve myself so I can improve everything overall. I love that attitude. Because how long have you been in wrestling now? How long have you been involved uh, in the industry? Uh, nine-ish years something like that goodness and, you, and you've been, and you've sort of you've done a, a lot in wrestling you're a big part of ring of honor the women of honor thing weren't you i was for a period of time yeah um i left there i want to say three years four years ago um so and i was there i i originally trained um with the school that was associated with roh but it was a time where they were sort of like in between with women's wrestling like they had had um, a women's division building, and then that kind of all stopped, and there was no women's wrestling. So I, I trained with their school, um, not with the anticipation of ever working there, um, because there just wasn't an opportunity there, and I didn't really foresee there being one. Mm-hmm. But um, just in terms of, I had some, I had some limitations on locations for where I could train because I was in school. So this was the school that worked best for me, and it, it ended up working out. I got to to travel with ROH, and I learned a lot. From there, and then eventually, a few years later, I ended up I ended up working there as well. Because mm. you've been over to Japan as well, haven't you? I understand. I have, yeah. And of, yeah, um, I was going to say, of course, you've been to Britain now. Sorry, I'm I'm really interrupting. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited to ask you all these questions. <laughs> yes. Um. So there was a period of time where I felt like I was practically living there, um, and I would love to go back to that situation. Okay. Um. This. So we figured it out a couple days ago that this. Um. So I. The last match that I had in front of, like, so the last match before, so I just had a match, uh, I want to say a week ago, uh, at a drive-in movie theater they wow. had here, uh, <laughs> where the wrestling ring was in the middle, and then, like, people were kind of pulled up in their cars or standing out in the grass distance. That match, and then a match that I had a week before that in a similar scenario, those were the first matches that I had had since March 15th. And um, the last time I was in, Canada was the end of February and before that I had been in England and we figured out that this this period of time this like six months is the longest I've stayed in the United States in four years it's it's I I don't know what to do with myself right now (laughs) this this has never happened 
your your endeavours have not just been you mentioned about going to school then it's not always just been wrestling focused because I understand I understand that you practice law that's right isn't it so 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 I I finished law school um I was when I first started wrestling was also when I was first starting law school. So I graduated from law school. Um, I don't practice law right now because wrestling just took off and kind of took over everything. And there's a lot of requirements that you have to maintain in order to do that. And I can't work um, like a schedule that would be conducive to that at all right now. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I finished law school. My, my deal with myself was you have to finish law school and you have to have one wrestling match. And uh, that was like what I told myself I was going to do, try to do both, which is not a good idea. And I don't <laughs> recommend it at all. Like, do not. Did you burn yourself out? Do not, do not pursue like a postgraduate degree while you're also trying to break into professional wrestling. Just don't do it. Because um, everyone's always like, oh, that was so cool. And I was like, no, it is dumb. It was stupid. I was very tired for a long time. Still am. Um but yeah, so uh, so there's that. I my undergraduate, all my my like university level stuff. I wasn't a wrestler yet and didn't intend to be. Um, I I did a lot. Done, most of what I've done in my life was to kind of direct me away from professional wrestling because it was just pulling the whole time. How long had wrestling been on the scene for you? How long had it been like this little dream of yours that was nagging um, away? So I've I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. Like I don't remember not being a wrestling fan or not having wrestling playing in the house so I've been a wrestling fan my whole life uh in terms of like wanting to do it myself that was like a much later development well I shouldn't say that I always wanted to do it myself but it like obviously was not very realistic it seemed like a bad idea um I was constantly in school or um I had gotten a job that I was very very happy to be doing um in television production and there was there's things were happening that were like keeping me away from actually doing wrestling and then um, I moved to I'm, I moved to a city that was like a very wrestling heavy city and started to be around indie wrestling more and more, which I'd always gone to shows. But this was like me getting to know more people. Um, and like I said, I was in a city where where training became easier. And I just kind of decided that I would sign up for wrestling training and see how that went and assume that it, the answer would be not well. Um, but then. Like, I just, I kind of want to just push myself to see if I could just get through it and maybe have a match. And that was, like, that was literally the extent of my goals at the time. <laughs> and now here you are. <laughs> yes, for better or worse, I still am here. <laughs> now that you're doing more on the headset, does that mean that we're going to lose you as an in-ring performer? I certainly hope not, but... Oh, yeah, I have no idea. Um, I love wrestling. I... It's obviously it's my first love uh, in terms of like the the business. Um, I would love to keep wrestling forever, but that also is not possible, and I recognize that. Mm. So I think that sort of in the back of my mind is another reason I've tried to just like learn other things mm. as well. Um, I d- don't foresee stopping wrestling unless I I had to for some reason. Be hopefully not. For, for whatever reason, physically or mentally, I wasn't up to it or whatever. Um, but I don't, I don't have intentions to stop. But at the same time, I'm, I'm very satisfied with what I've done in my career uh, to a point where if like tomorrow I had to stop wrestling or I decided to stop wrestling, I'd be okay with that too. And that's, that's where I like being completely honest. That's where I'm at. But I don't have like an active desire to stop good. wrestling that's but i but i i would i would because i think there's other things that i'm good at or mm-hmm. good enough at 
and it's nice to know that you you're not going to walk away from wrestling and that will be the extent of it you know for, for example if it just got to a point where it just hurt too much waking up every day just hurt too much yeah so you walk away i guess that lifelong love of wrestling must be what's drawn you to sort of giving yourself longevity in the business by diversifying your skills and doing things like commentary Right. And I, I mean, I love pro wrestling. I, my life is, is structured around pro wrestling just by necessity right now, but I also would be okay with, I'm at a point where I've accomplished a lot of things that I'm very happy with. The main thing, the amount of traveling I've been able to do. I met my partner through pro wrestling. I have so many friends who are one of them through pro wrestling. Um, I just, if I had to completely walk away from it, from wrestling altogether tomorrow, I'd be okay with that. And I think that's the point you have to get to in order to do anything really good. Yeah, because that desperation, you know, if you've got that that sort of like burning desperation, it must it could work against you, couldn't it? If you exactly, yeah. I think so. I just I feel like for my mental health, the fact that I got to a, I've gotten to a point where like this is what I want to do and not what I need to do mm-hmm. is the point where now I feel comfortable that like okay I might make a lot of, a lot more progress right now in terms of like my growth and my satisfaction with my work. Good, I love to hear that. At what point did you think I could do this commentary thing? Because it it can't was it right from the very outset? Because as women, we, we don't have, you know, women are still criminally underrepresented in in wrestling generally, mm-hmm. I would say, but particularly in broadcasting. Who do you look to for inspiration there? And, and is there, you know, has that been something that's, that's held you back or as, as being a woman in this industry sort of been by the by? So I've been I've been pretty fortunate, I think, because I work, I work for or have worked for a lot of the... Um, bigger women's promotions and therefore when I would try to do a little bit more announcing there like that was something that that was welcomed or encouraged um so that's been helpful too and I got a lot of experience through that um but also I I I feel like for me when I'm looking at like people that I admire and people in broadcasting um like you said I don't want to just call I think it's important that I that we don't just call the women's matches. It's not like a niche thing. And I think that the, the best announcing is, is sort of like di- diversified across the board. We're like, it's amazing to have, uh, like when I listen to something and I hear like, for example, like Beth Phoenix or, or Renee Young, if we're talking about people who like, I look up to uh, in wrestling announcing like Renee Young, obviously mm-hmm. someone who like her voice is so legit and her voice is like so, like it's a trusted voice and i think if we're talking about like trusted announcers i think that's important mm-hmm. for for wrestling um not just not just her work as a commentator which, which she did quite a bit of but just in general as an interviewer and just a, a a host um that that level of trust with the viewer i think is really important that's something that renee was able to develop and continue to develop to develop and i think that is something that i just i really admire when I look at, especially, especially like you said, like women in a business where there just are not that many female voices, I think that's really, really admirable. Um, I don't know that I will ever, ever come close to that level, but it's it's a goal. Yeah, I was going to say it's something that at least you can say that it's worth striving towards because it's yeah. it's not something that's impossible anymore. But there are so there are a 
bunch of women right now in, in prominent announcing positions. Uh, Madison Rain at Impact is awesome. Her commentary is just great, but she also hosts segments. She's she's incredible. Um, and I think it's something that maybe people kind of like snuck up on people mm. that she could do this. And she's so good at it. Um, but she and Josh are an amazing team. Um, obviously, we got Beth Phoenix is NXT. I really, really enjoy her work, too. Um, so I think for me, maybe this this is just my take. Um, it's almost like when you don't when it's not remarkable that a woman is in the booth or a woman is doing a whole pay-per-view that to me is is what's important is to get to the point where like it's not even something to think about because it's commonplace and it just is what it is um and i I would like to get to that place yeah me too i think i think you know it's just representation across the board in all all different areas of of wrestling is still something that we're striving towards but positive forward steps Yes. Now you, we, I, I sort of talk. I mentioned Japan, and then I just talked all over you because I wanted to talk about your time in the UK. But what is it that's kept you coming back to Britain? Um. So again, I just I love traveling in general in life, and the fact that I can do it through pro wrestling makes it even better. That like I can travel to wrestle on a show in some little village that I'd never heard of before, or like I can go to some some state that I'd never visited before here uh, to work a show Mm. is great. But then when I look at something like I, so when I was in college or in university, um, like study abroad is super common here. It was super common, particularly in my university. Um, I I went to school in New York city and everyone I knew did at least one summer, at least one semester abroad. Mm. And I wasn't able to, because I was working all the time and my job didn't let me have, like my job didn't afford me that time off because I was doing between the, the credits I was doing, the job that I had and the like work study I was doing. I just, the opportunity wasn't there. And I was mad at myself for that, that I like didn't get the chance to, to, to go study in London or go to Greece. Or like I had a friend who did Paris and I was like, Oh, and when you're 19, this is an incredible mm. when you're 19 and you've never gone anywhere. Like that's crazy. And I think that maybe is why I focus so much on like trying to travel so much with wrestling because mm. I'm like making up for opportunities that I kind of skipped over. So I just, I when coming, coming uh, over to England so often um, is that for me is just traveling and getting to just have a, I mean, also I will say this as an aside, you, you know, more, you know about this, but in, in case people who listen don't know um, my partner is Canadian he uh, and I wrestle internationally quite a bit um, and try to coordinate tours and times together um, because it's something that we can do together in wrestling. We're not able to wrestle together in the United States. Mm-hmm. So that's a factor, too. Um, and that sort of changed my goals a little bit and really opened me up to to going different places. Yeah, because so that's really awesome. Tell, tell me a little bit about that relationship, because you guys have been on the road a lot together, haven't you? I, yes. I love to see that. So tell me a little bit about him, if you will. Um, so his name is Speedball Mike Bailey. Um, I'll call him Mike for these purposes, I guess, a <laughs> name that I never use. Uh, but he uh, he's honestly he's the, the best unsigned professional wrestler in the world right now. Mm-hmm. He just is. Um, that is my personal bias, but also is probably objectively true. Um, he's just incredible, and we we've, we've been together for a long time, but we've um, we've never been able to to live together or actually like fully start our lives together because we're both constantly busy with wrestling, traveling with wrestling, and um, so one of the ways that we we 
sort of build our relationship is is traveling together and training together mm-hmm. um obviously with borders closed that's kind of put a damper on that but uh for example like i would he lives in when he lives in canada which is not very often he lives in montreal so i would come up and and stay for a few weeks so we could train together um and then we would take bookings based around that and same thing with like coordinating like little trips to england or taking bookings in different parts of canada and that was just a, a very integral part of our relationship um and he, he also spent, again, when he was able to travel, would spend, I would say, about half the year in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in between his tours, we would try to coordinate something that we could both do. Um, so that was something that I think helped me grow a lot um, as a performer mm-hmm. because he's, like I said, he's so good and pushes you so hard just working with him and training with him. We actually haven't seen each other uh, in person for six months, Ugh. which is the worst, the absolute worst. I this bet. freaking sucks. Six months. Especially when um, you've got I mean, these amazing things to celebrate. It would be nice to be able to be with all of your loved ones to celebrate it, right? Yeah, and, like, we, we like, knew what we were getting into. This has always been a distance thing. There's always been many complications. This is just another unforeseen and horrible one. So, like, we're fine. It just sucks. Yeah, I bet. But it must be really cool. He must get to learn loads from you with your skill set, and you get to learn loads from him with his skill set. So it sounds like it must be a riot on the road. You must have loads of fun. Exhausting, but fun. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the, my favorite person, and so I would want to I would want to be like spending time with him regardless. But it's cool that we have a little bit more depth to it too. Yeah, super cool. And so finally, what does the future hold for Vader Scott? You must feel better about setting goals now that you know that you can achieve them. You can put it out there. So what's what are your hopes? What are your aspirations? Um. So I. I really love what I'm doing with announcing right now, and I would I would like to do more of it. Um, I would do it full time if I could. Um, it's it's been really fulfilling to me, and it's it's been something that I'm just having fun with. I'm having the most fun with it. I'm having more fun than I think I, I anticipated I would have. So I my I think my overall goal is to just continue to do more and more of that. Good. Um, in terms of of terms of wrestling, it's hard to say because I don't know like what's even possible right now. Like going back to my old wrestling schedule feels very far away, mm-hmm. just because I, I can't travel and wrestling is sort of slowly coming back. But I don't know. I mean, I would like as long as I'm still feeling fulfilled and satisfied with what I'm doing, I'll continue to do it. Um, I always joke around that I'll never retire. I just will like stop one day and people will notice over time maybe, but I, but I believe that like, I just, I believe that like I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing because it's, it's what works for me in my life. And if it didn't work for me, then I would stop. I know that sounds like, no. like I'm just sort of like, like, like flying around in the wind, but that kind of is what I'm doing. Good. I love that. It's hard. The The world is so bizarre at the moment that it's hard to it's hard to make concrete plans and wrestling's nowhere right that anybody can ever make concrete plans because it's such a bizarre industry anyway isn't it <laughs> yes yes and like things can happen out of nowhere like your whole life can change in a day um so i think i'm kind of and now that's like tenfold right now mm. Well, I've absolutely loved hearing you on AEW and I'm hoping that I'll get to hear you at many more places because it really has been brilliant. You, you've you been wicked. I've really, really enjoyed it. So congratulations again on that. Thank you. No worries. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode and good luck. Can't wait to see what's in store for you. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Tuesday night, sure. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thanks again to Vader Scott for joining us on Tuesday Night Jaw. What a flipping story. I was so inspired by it. I know I've probably mentioned that a hundred times, but I just came away from that conversation thinking, I could just do anything I wanted. Just got to say it out to the universe. So universe, if you listen to Tuesday Night Jaw, I want to hit a million downloads in the next year for the podcast. I want a million pounds as well, but I'll settle for a million downloads. That would be lovely. Speak it out into the universe. Say it. Have you got your notepad at the ready? Have you written down your dreams? It doesn't matter if you haven't. All that matters is that you write down 10 answers to the next 10 questions because we're moving on to Tuesday Night Jaws inaugural episode of Big Pop Master. It's going to be 10 questions ranging from WCW, AEW, WWE, all the big hitters really. Gear up if you want to whack a lucha mask on. Now's your time. I'll give you a second. It's time to flex your brain muscles. Big Pop Master, let's get into it. Tuesday Night Jaws. Let's get into Big Pop Master. So I explained a little bit just then about the quiz and its format, but I didn't explain how you could be on the show. And that's by shooting me a WhatsApp message, letting me know who you are, where you're from, and how you do on today's episode of Big Pop Master. It would be good to know how you scored out of 10. You can send me a message on WhatsApp. My number is 07882 005. 803. If you're international, that's plus four four seven eight eight two double zero five eight zero three. Let me know all the information. Even if you don't want to be on the on the podcast, that's fine. I'd want to know how you did anyway. But let me know if you do want to be on the podcast and maybe I can give you a call, whether you're here or you're overseas. If you think you can stand up to the 10 big popmaster questions, I'll get in touch. Now, someone that got in touch with me this week that wanted to be part of it is Ollie. Ollie's 32. He's from Surrey. Ollie, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Buzzers. How are you? Yeah, lovely. Thank you. Thanks for asking. Now, Ollie, what's your favourite type of wrestling to watch at the minute? What, what are you enjoying? Um, I 
I'm loving AEW at the moment. Um, I think they've got a really fantastic product going. Um, much better than um, I think. I think WWE and NXT have been a bit in the in the, in the pits for a while now. Um, Do you think AEW is re- um, really 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 coming up? Yeah. Mm. Are you a fan of the indies generally, or? Um, historically, yeah. Like, I, I guess my um, my wrestling history is is mainly WWE centric. But um, I, I I got into the indies a few years ago, and um, and it's great seeing like the people I watched in the UK seen a few years ago doing so well on both WWE and AEW. Yeah. Excellent. So how do you feel you're going to do in this? I know you haven't seen or heard, obviously, any other episodes because we haven't had any yet. Um, but are you, <laughs> fe- are you feeling... Co- what's your wrestling knowledge like? How would you rate it? Oh, uh, a solid six and a half, I reckon. Oh, OK. Um... OK, that's good to know. <laughs> so maybe we're going to go for a six or a seven out of ten. <laughs> maybe. Um, d- depends how many um, New Japan questions there are because... Uh, my knowledge is very UK and US centric. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's see how you get on then. We'll get into the first question. Cool. At ECW One Night Stand, it was June the 11th, 2006. Rob Van Dam took on WWE hero John Cena. Which superstar interfered in a bike helmet to spear Cena through a table, much to the crowd's delight? <laughs> that would be Mr. Adam Copeland, aka Edge. Correct, yes. First one in the bag, you're doing pretty well. Now, Edge took out the ref in that match. Can you tell me who came down to count the pinfall that gave Rob Van Dam that historic win? Um, I haven't watched this match in a long time. Um, I'm going to take an educated guess at Paul Heyman. Correct! Two out of two. Pretty good, pretty good. Okay, we'll take it over to WWE. At WrestleMania 3, Hulk Hogan took on Andre the Giant in a match now considered one of the most important in the history of the business. At the Pontiac Silverdome, Hulk had put his title on the line and he'd had a three-year reign. Hulk won and the crowd went wild, but can you tell me... How long had Andre the Giant been undefeated for up until that moment? Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, this was before I was born. <laughs> um, <laughs> how long had Andre been undefeated? Um, I'm going to say three years. More than that. 15 years. Oh my god. He was undefeated for. (laughs) That's why it was such a historic match. Yeah, 15 years. Good guess, though, considering you weren't even born. Because three (laughs) years seems like a super long reign, doesn't it? Absolutely. To be undefeated, but yeah, 15 years out of Especially especially in today's today's world, like, um, I can't remember a reign as long as punks, let alone 15 years. Yeah, 15 (laughs) years undefeated. In more recent history, this is question four. Who did Kofi Kingston beat at WrestleMania 35 to take home the WWE Championship? Oh, I I remember this match like it was yesterday. It was such a 
brilliant match. Uh, that'd be Daniel Bryan. Correct. It is indeed Daniel Bryan. So yes, yes, yes for that one. Three out of four. <laughs> okay, right. Hopefully, I don't tr- I don't get you on this one. It might be a little bit tricksy, but mm-hmm. which former CZW World Heavyweight Champion won the IWGP United States Championship in his debut <laughs> match for New Japan Pro Wrestling on June the fifth, twenty nineteen? There's two potential names you can mention here, and I'll yeah. take either. Okay. Um, going by timing-wise, I'm going to say John Moxley. Correct! John Moxley, yes. Well done. I was thinking then, it's a New Japan question, how's he going to fare? But yeah, <laughs> good guesswork, good guesswork. <laughs> question number six. Elias was the number one entrant in the 2019 Royal Rumble. But which surprise entrant entered at number two to interrupt his song? Oh, oh, um, twenty nineteen. This I don't remember it well because it wasn't a very good rumble. Um, oh, mm, oh, I remember Jeff Jarrett. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good job I'm not pushing you for time on this one, isn't it? <laughs> Excellent, well done. A little bit more tricksy, this one. Okay. In his book, A Lion's Tale, Chris Jericho described the moment that Dean Malenko revealed himself as the man beneath the mask, the cyclope mask, as the biggest crowd pop he'd ever heard. That demasking mm. happened in a cruiserweight battle royale at which WCW event? Oh, um, yeah, my WCW knowledge isn't great. Uh, Bash at the Beach? No, it wasn't Bash at the Beach. It was Slambery. Right. I'd be okay. really interested, actually, to know if Jericho still feels that way. Is it still the biggest mm. pop he'd ever heard, particularly on the back of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the stuff he's been doing at AEW? It'd be interesting to know what well, he and, 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 and Yeah, especially some of his own pops. I remember um, when he came back at that Rumble in, I think, 2014 2015 yeah huge yeah yeah so i'd I'd like to speak to him about that maybe i'll try and get him on the podcast that'd be nice wouldn't it he's probably too busy with with his own (laughs) (laughs) you might have to guess this one but if you've got if you're good at the educated guesses you might get it question eight what year was wcw slambery with that chris jericho moment okay okay um 1997. Oh, one out. 1998. 98. Okay, I think you're on five out of eight at the moment. So moving on to question nine, you're doing really well. All I want now is for you to get six or seven because then you'll you'll have got your perfect percentage correct. (laughs) Which Japanese wrestler made a one-off appearance at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn to compete against Tyler Breeze? It got a crowd reaction, but only really from the big fans of international wrestling. Who was it? <laughs> uh, that was the recently retired Jushin Thunder Liger. Correct. It was, it was, it was Thunder Liger. Well done. And finally, in August 2005 on Raw, a baddie Shawn Michaels addressed the angry Montreal crowd by mocking the Canadian national anthem. Which Canadian hero's music hit to an insane crowd reaction that uh, interrupted two th- him? Um, 2005. Uh, 
yeah, this might be about the time of his return, so I'm going to say Bret Hart. Correct, it was Bret yes. Hart. Now, this is not for any bonus points because we've finished the quiz, but do you remember what happened after his music hit, out of curiosity? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, because it was when Shawn Michaels was being extreme baddie, he hit that music, the crowd went mad, people were like hugging each other and jumping up and down because it was like, oh my God, <laughs> our Canadian hero's back. And then the music cut and Shawn Michaels laughed and said, he's not actually here, I'm just winding you up. And people were so upset. It's Classic just, it's one of my favourite moments because he didn't really do all that much heel stuff from like how no. I remember him as a kid, but it was mm. one of like the most awful baddie moments ever, ever, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a I joke. mean, like my... My first memory of uh, Michael's when I when I when I was growing up is his feud with Triple H at SummerSlam when Triple H was the Uber heel. Yeah. So yeah, this is excellent uh, mid two thousands heel work for Michael's brilliant stuff. Excellent, <laughs> and and you predicted it. You got seven out of ten. How are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. I think um, uh, the ones I didn't get, I'm not too gutted about because. Um, it, 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 it wasn't something I knew a lot about, but um, pleased with some of the uh, answers I pulled out of the bag. Yeah, you were you were brilliant, great contestants. I'm really glad that you could be my <laughs> first. You. I'm really delighted. Cheers, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in touch with you because I'm thinking I'll it, I'm hoping that more people get in touch and want to take part. That would be cool. Um, but we might do like a series of them and then bring back the best as like oh. a champion of champions champ off. amazing so stay tuned <laughs> i'll stay in touch but thanks so much for being on the podcast it's been really lovely to talk to you and um, thank you for bringing back choose the night jaw uh, my uh my, my wednesday commute is even better with it oh i'm glad is there anybody you want to give a shout out to that might also be listening or are you one person like me where you just watch wrestling by yourself <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my best mate Chris will probably be be, be listening. So uh, hi Chris. Excellent. Hi Chris. <laughs> Lovely. I'll take care. Speak to you soon. I'll take care. You take care. <laughs> See you later, <laughs> Raleigh. Bye. Bye bye. Tuesday night, Seven out of ten, eh? Good on you, Ollie. Well done. And good on me as well because I devised those quiz questions. Well, a friend of mine, Tristan French, at Tristan French over on Twitter. I had to hit him up and I was like, oh, I need something that's not too obvious, but not too obscure. So we had a bit of a chat about it. I'm always looking for help with making sure that the quizzes are difficult enough, not too difficult, not too easy. Because I don't want everyone coming on and getting 10 out of 10 because that will just ruin my leaderboard. But how did you do? Let me know. Get in touch. And if you want to be on Big Potmaster next week, let me know. But for now, that's all I've got for you. Short and sweet. I hope you enjoyed it, though. There's a lot of takeaway from this, I feel. I came out of the conversation that I had with Vader feeling really positive. So I'm going to put my feelings and thoughts out into the universe and hope they come back. My hope is that we'll get some good contestants for Big Pop Master, that I'll be able to continue bringing you cool interviews and that I'll win a million pounds by this time next year. No pressure, universe, but that's my hopes and dreams. <laughs> right, I'll speak to you next week. I certainly hope I can speak to you next week, all being well. I've got to wait on the results of that coronavirus thing. My flipping nose, honestly. My flipping nose. Take care. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.